Uh, our theme until next Sunday is just down a bit, down a bit, Danny. Our theme until next Sunday is all healthy things grow. Foundational verses 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we've been looking just at a few aspects of uh, elements of the Christian walk, the Christian faith that we want to continue to grow in. God, God's will is for growth. We, we reminded ourselves that he's given ground for growth. It's his will. He, he, he cheers us on. He helps us in growth. And it's his purpose. And then Christian reminded us that God's after healthy souls, the innermost being, the inner world. We looked at healthy homes. And last week, we looked at having a healthy appetite. How, how much do we want God? And there was a great rising within the house here at Arena for a, a great appetite for God. An appetite for his word, an appetite to grow in faith, an appetite for the things of the spirit appropriate on this Pentecost Sunday, and an appetite to, for his presence. Because without any of those things, uh, we're actually just sort of playing at it. And we need those things. You know, sometimes the church feels that it's got to uh, come up with lots of sort of ideas that are parallel to the world. And we want to do things well. Guys working on sound, music, all of those things, visuals. We want that all to be good. But the reality is that sometimes they'll do some things perhaps better than us. But they haven't got anything near what we've got. Because they haven't got his word. They haven't got his spirit. They haven't got his presence. And so let's continue to pursue after God. And long for his presence. And long for all that he's got for us. Uh, Because God will give us more than we ask or think. Tonight we're going to be looking for just a few moments at a healthy church. And uh, the verses I'd like to read tonight are right at the end of Ephesians chapter 1, if you want to follow in the Bible, however you're accessing that. Ephesians 1 verses 22 to 23. In 2.42 at Ilkeston last uh, Tuesday, we began a pursuit of journeying through Ephesians. And here at the end of chapter 1, it says, And God placed all things under his feet. Why? Because all authority is given in God's. And appointed him, Jesus, as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is such a vital area of spiritual health that we have a healthy church. Now, at our recent Assemblies of God National Conference, uh, Dr. Dave Smith, the pastor of Kingsgate Church that hosted the conference, got up and said, I'm going to speak about healthy church growing church and uh, really that's what I want to speak about tonight but I I sort of got smaller and smaller in my seat as Dave gave a brilliant 13 point exposition from Acts chapter 1 and 2 having said that he wasn't going to give an exposition brilliant and just rolled it out he spoke about prayer he spoke Paul about a harvest vision he spoke about leadership and discipleship and mission and presence he spoke about small and big and so it went on And I thought as I was listening to him, tell you what, we've got this message coming up on healthy church in Mansfield. Might just be best to put the podcast on and let us listen to Dave. But the fact of the matter is it had probably taken us an hour and 40 minutes and we've got to be out for 8 o'clock. So I resisted that temptation and thought, you know what, I'll put some work in myself and come at it. uh, Maybe just in a slightly different way. The reality is that the principles will flow out. But the fact of the matter is that God's passionate Not only about a growing church, but about a healthy church. Indeed, if you've listened to Christian recently, he's reversed it. 
And he's began to say, guys, sometimes people think I'm after a big church, a growing church. He says, what we're after is a healthy church. And all healthy things grow. You see, sometimes things can be big friends, but not healthy. And eventually, guess what happens? They come toppling down. But healthy churches that become growing churches are consistent. They're going to be here for a long time. And the reality is, friends, that, again, you've heard Christians say, when we began this journey in September 2010, people were saying it won't last six weeks, literally. Be gone. You know, won't last six weeks here. The reality is, we said, we stay in port. We're going to see this thing through in the grace of God. We're going to sow it even into the next generation and the generation after that. Long term. Well, the only way you can do that is to grow healthy, be consistent, be lasting, be fruitful. And what an amazing prayer tonight, because that's what we need to see. And I believe, friends, with all my heart, that God's birth envisions in people's hearts that are spilling out prophetically in Arena Mansfield on a Sunday night, and God's going to do something. God's going to do... See, revival comes, friends, when people get stopped in the traffic and say, what's going off? Where's that lot at Arena on, on Sunday nights? In other words, friends, they start circumnavigating this part of Mansfield if they don't want to come because they won't get anywhere. We're going to have Ivy's guys with jackets on the, on the, on the, on the roads getting people in. And uh, we, we've seen it. People have seen it. Where's it coming from? It's coming from prayer. It's coming from worship. It's coming from passion. It's coming from presence. And God wants to do it, friends. But the reality is he's going to do it out of health. He's going to do it out of a healthy church. Now, you've heard us say many times that the New Testament describes the church in numbers of pictures to help us, just as it describes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a person. But it's described as water, as oil, as fire, as a seal, and so on, to help us understand how he works. And so with the church, the church is always people, but it's described as an army, a family. It's described as a bride. And we've got a bride soon to be here, just a week on Saturday. And she's getting ready. You've got everything listed, haven't you, Nat? And you're ready to go. And the fact of the matter is, that's, the, that's Jesus. He said to the bride, get ready. He's described as a building, as a temple. But here in Ephesians, amongst other things, in our reading, the church is described as a body. It draws an analogy between the physical body and what it's meant to be a spiritual body. And that's what I want us to think about for a few moments Tonight, as we think about a healthy church, the church as the body of Christ. Now, we understand in the fallen nature of the earth that ailments, disease, and sickness come upon people physically. And we understand sometimes that some of those things have to be processed. We also want to pray. And as we've been thinking of Tuesday, we want to pray for people to be healed. We want to press through in this area. We want to dig into the reservoir of faith for breakthrough in the area of divine healing we can camp friends forever well why don't everybody get healed and what about this and what about that we can we can camp there if we want or we can press through to say if we pray we can believe that something will happen and we'll leave it with God but we're calling on God it's nothing to do with anybody here but we're calling on God and we believe in that God will minister but the reality is people get impacted by ailments diseases sicknesses sometimes it's just the stuff of life sometimes the little kiddies get sick, they have to go through various things. But the reality is it impacts the body. And it would be crass just to ignore it. Sometimes pain is saying something to us. 
It's bringing our attention. It's asking us to do things. It's perhaps asking us to change. It may be asking us to look at our lifestyle, the way we do things. It's drawing an attention. It's the same with the church. Friends, the church is called to live in health, not in pain. And sometimes churches have just carried on and completely ignored the warning signs of pain in the body and wondered why it's not working. There's a sense also where the analogy between the natural and the spiritual actually does part for a moment because naturally speaking, we are on a journey towards decline. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Though our outward is wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. But spiritually, friends, the call to God is for us to ever increase. And by God's help, we need to consistently and deliberately address anything that would harm the body of Christ. You know, some churches have been brilliant at self-harm. They've inflicted stuff upon themselves and spent years harming the body. And those types of bodies don't grow. They don't attract people. They don't pull people to. They don't grow in the purposes of God. But Arena Mansfield is committed to spiritual health in the body. He's committed to addressing things that would cause harm to the body of Christ. And to ignore it inevitably lends us down the way of decay. The church, friends, is not defined ever by physical structure. It's always defined by people. I was just talking to somebody this week. The reality is that for the first 300 years of the Christian church, they didn't have permanent buildings to go to. That's where we were talking about Paul in Tyrannus' Hall. Maybe that's where the church met. Maybe they met in contexts like this, banqueting halls, conferencing halls, public halls, homes, people that may be, may be a, a, an affluent person in the church that had somewhere from to me. But they met and they grew. It was always defined by people, the body of Christ. And let me just reaffirm again, unless we're in any doubts, the Arena Church loves the church. Because we love the church because Christ loved the church and gave himself for him. Not only do we love the church, but we believe in the church. We believe, as we've sung tonight, that we will overcome. We know that people want to diminish it, belittle it, ridicule it, airbrush it out of society. But Jesus Christ says, and I'll show you right at the end of the message, that I will build my church. And he is building his church in the 21st century. And we believe in being committed to the church. And how are we committed to the church? By devoting ourselves to teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and fellowship. And how are we committed to the church? By every person finding a local expression of a church community and giving themselves to it. It's all about relationships, all about where God wants you to be. If you're in a church with no vision, the reality is, friends, you can pray about it forever. The Bible says without vision, people are perishing. You're in a perishable context. You need to find a situation that's life. Whatever it is, if it's here, if it's somewhere else, but you need to get yourself in a place that is healthy. There is no virtue at all in staying in a body that is committed to dying. It's, it's frankly, friends, it's madness. Absolute madness. We need to find a place that's committed to health. And Arena Church, friends, what any, regardless of what anybody says, regardless of what the authorities say, the press say, other people say, loves the church, believes that he's going to keep growing, and calls for people to be committed to a local group of believers.
So Ephesians 1.23 says that this is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So let me just give you a few thoughts with regard to a healthy church being the body of Christ. Firstly, friends, it's connected to the head. And it tells us there in verse 22 that God's placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. A body, healthy body, is connected to a head. Humanly, friends, a disconnection from the head is catastrophic and fatal. So in the spiritual. Head injuries, friends, cause much damage. Organizations like Headway that try to help people, that are trying to process uh, after, uh, in, in their context where they've undergone head injuries, maybe a road accident, maybe an industrial accident, maybe something that's come to them. These things are very, very difficult to process. And the reality is that within the head is the case for the complexity of what we call the brain. Someone described the brain as the crown jewels of the human body. Now the Bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalm 139. And you can believe, friends, because for me this takes more faith than believing in what I believe. But you can believe there were nothing. And then all of a sudden there's this. Nervous systems. All sorts of things taking place in my body now to get me doing all this. You can believe there was nothing and we come to that. Or you can believe in a creator God who has made us fearfully and wonderfully. It takes more faith for me to believe that than what I believe. And we need to be connected to a head. And a healthy church friend is connected to the head. And his name is Jesus. He's the head of the church. And he's building the church. And when we are connected to the head, this is what happens. We begin to, we begin to find that the head wants to communicate with us. And as we are, as we are honoring the head, as we are worshiping the head, it helps us to be connected. We have relationship. It helps us to be submitted. We relinquish. And it helps us to be directed. We begin to respond. Let me ask you this tonight, friends. It's very easy in one sense for us to confess that Jesus is the head of the church. But let me ask you this question. If he's the head of the church, is he the head of your life? Because that's where he wants to sit. As Lord, as Master, as the one that we can willingly to submit, to relinquish all that we want to hold on to. And so Jesus is all yours. To be directed by him. To receive from him. You know, sometimes... Friends, in terms of the journey of leadership, we're not just standing up here with some good idea about Lehman Street. We're trying to do it out of connection to the heads. The heads got involved in the relationship of building the church. He sent some messages out from the heads right into the body of Christ. He says, guys, you go, well, how's it all going to work out? How are we going to pay for it? How are we going to do all that decorating? Just do it. Just move forward in me. A healthy body A healthy church is connected to the head. Secondly, friends, a healthy body has well-oiled joints. Again, in Ephesians, in chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The complexity of this body, friends, is held together by many connecting joints. 
They're actually lubricated by an invisible film or, or fluid. And when, they, when it works, we don't even think about it. It's the same with the Holy Spirit, friends. When it works at times, the joints work so well, we barely think about it. But when joints are in disorder, to quote a phrase that I mentioned this morning, bone on bone, when arthritis sets in, whoa, people begin to feel it. Because the joints don't function in the way that they were intended. And it's exactly the same in the body of Christ. God's not giving every one of us the same job to do. He simply asks that we'll be part of the job so that it gets accomplished. I've said it before. Stop comparing yourself with somebody else and start being what God has called you to be. Uniquely you. Loved you. Special you. Respected you. Blessed you. Be you. Find your place. Find your joint in the body of Christ. And be what God has called you to be. You see, there's an ongoing call to the body of Christ to work together. Call it unity, if you like. It must be forever the pursuit of the church of Jesus. A healthy church, thirdly, has eyes that see. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18, he prays that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. And I'm not going to open that up too much tonight. Simply to say that the eyes of the church must be wide open. It must have a vision. A vision is an inspired look that leads to inspired action. Here's a definition of 2020 vision, which is a description of perfect eyesight. We understand sometimes that in, in the fallenness of world, the imperfection, that people don't live with 2020 vision. They have to have spectacles, glasses, all sorts of things, aids to help them. But 2020 vision is described as this. It's, it's, it's dependent upon the sharpness of the focus where the eye works itself. I think Jesus says, or rather the Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. He needs to be the focus. And it's sensitivity of facility to the brain. In other words, it's got a head connection that allows us to see clearly and visibly. What are our eyes on? Well, our eyes need to be on the vision that God is giving to his friends in these days. And that we have a 2020 spiritual vision that's focused on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, that connects us with his headship and causes us to continually to respond to all that he wants us to do. Number four, a healthy church expressed in a body as ears to hear. There's a repetitive phrase in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. And before we start getting to dragons and trumpets and seals and 144,000 years, we have two chapters on seven churches, seven literal churches in ancient Asia, seven New Testament churches, about 90 years, maybe a little less than that, of the Christian journey. And Jesus, by his Spirit, speaks to the Apostle John and says, I want you to communicate something to these churches and on a number of occasions, he says these words, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Now, guys, here's what happens sometimes at home. You get in, you perhaps get in tonight, and you're thinking about your supper, or you've got your mind on something else. So you've come in from work, and your wife spoke to you. She's gone on for 10 minutes, and all of a sudden she says, you've not listened to her words that I've said. Of course, it really irritates them when you repeat exactly what they've just said. Listen, even though you've not been listening, it's brilliant. See, 
not listening. How many of us were at school? When I was at school, you used to get thrashed by the, on the back of the head by a ruler, you know. You're not listening. Push. They used to come up behind you. You used to have an headmaster, a, 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 a teacher in junior school. His name was Mr. Mr. Elliwell. And it, oh, he come from Halifax. He was about 19 foot tall. And he used to take us for football. He marched us all off once because he didn't agree with a referee's decision. We all marched off the pitch. <laughs> he was brilliant. He was brilliant. But he used, to have two, he used to come across the back of you without you looking, two fingers on the top of your head. Oh, you Because know, you're not listening, you see. I mean, they got away. Well, they nearly got away with murder in them days. But sometimes we can be very, very poor listeners. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Here's how God works in church, friends, on a Sunday. Christian and me or somebody in the church is putting the ministry out there. It can be different things to different people. So Jordan might hear something that's completely different to Steve, that's completely different to Paul, that's completely different to Christine. But we all get something. Well, either as an ear, let him hear what the Spirit... And here's what happens. When we come to be in that, that, that uh, group, that healthy body that's committed to be joints, what happens over a period of time is also we begin to receive something together. And we begin to hear the heart of God. We begin to hear what he's saying to us at this particular time in this season. And we begin to take it forward. I want to suggest tonight, friends, that an, a, a, that an unhealthy church is a church that stopped listening. Listen, this is what happens. They perpetuate church, but there's no touch of the Spirit upon it. In other words, they do services. They do church. They open the doors. And hear me, some very, very faithful people doing that. But there's nothing present. There's nothing prophetic. There's nothing that God's saying in the now. Why? Because he stopped listening. And if I can be as bold, friends, God says, I'm not going to keep talking while you lot refuse to listen to what I've got to say. I'm going to find a church that's committed to being healthy, that's got an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Not 30 years ago, not in our infancy, but right here and now in the spring of 2013. Need an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And the reason that people don't listen is because sometimes Jesus by his Spirit will say things that mean that we've got to make adjustments. And people become entrenched in their ways of doing things, their position. I've always been a church deacon. I've always been a steward on the door. I've always done this. Okay, well, you keep doing it. But I'm going somewhere else where I can find people that will respond to what I want to say. Number five, a healthy church reflected in a body as a mouth that speaks. Jeremiah 5.14 says, I will make my words in your mouth like a fire. We need some preachers like that in these days, friends. I will make my words in your mouth like a fire. And I understand that sometimes we need to be quiet. You know, the old adage, your parents, you've got two of these and one of them and use it proportionately. I get it. But the reality is the church needs a voice as well. I understand the danger of words, James chapter 3. But I also understand the power of words. Read it on numerous occasions in the book of Proverbs. And I want to encourage his friends to speak the word in these days. Sometimes people would seek to intimidate us to silence. 
Sometimes people would try and come alongside and compromise. And maybe we could get some funding here or some money there if we just watered it down a little bit and didn't quite sort of say really what we believed. And we committed, friends, with grace to be in a church that speaks. Speaks prophetically, speaks fearlessly, and speaks passionately. A church that rises up to have a voice, a voice to our community and a voice in our community. And if I can say it, a voice for our community. The church needs to speak. Number six, a healthy church has hands that serve. And in Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46, Jesus tells a story. And he tells a story of people that were needy, thirsty, hungry, naked, imprisoned, shamed, carrying a burden. And he talks about people going to them. And Jesus also saying to other people, you didn't go. And he says, and not only did you not go, but you didn't come to me. And they said, come to you? Where were you in all this? As much as you went to the thirsty and the hungry and the naked and the shamed and the prisoners, you did it unto me. And you know that this church has been increasingly committed to serving. We know there's more juice to come out of it here in Arena Mansfield. But I want to tell you that juice is going to flow. It really is. And this church is increasingly going to serve its community. It's going to serve where God has placed us. We're not going to be able to do that with clenched fists or tight hands. We're going to have to do it, friends, with hands that serve, that are open, that are willing to get dirty and come alongside. As Tony Campolo often reminds us, when we serve the needy, the poor, the destitute, the shamed, the marginalized, we don't go as Jesus, we go to Jesus. As much as you did it unto them, you did it unto me. And seventhly, friends, and finally, a healthy church expressed in a body has feet that advance. <clears throat> Isaiah 52, 7, correlating with Romans 10, 15. How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. I'm not asking you to take your shoes and socks off tonight and we inspect everybody's feet, you know. But the reality is, friends, that prophetically, how beautiful Every place that the feet of your soles of your feet shall tread, it shall be given to you. And we need to be a church, friends, that has feet that advance. Sometimes walking, sometimes marching, sometimes running, but all liberating us into the open spaces of God's purpose and destiny, bearing the good news and moving ahead. That's a healthy church. And one final point, and this one's got a danger of going out of hand, but hopefully you'll just stay with me. And I say it sensitively because there's a sensitivity to it, but the reality is that not only is a healthy body, a healthy church connected to the head, not only does it have well-oiled joints, not only does it have eyes that see because it carries a vision and and ears that hear the now word of the Lord, and a mouth that speaks prophetically into its community and for its community, and open hands that serve those that are marginalized, and feet that advance. But the reality is a healthy body has a reproductive site. Genesis 1.28 says, Be fruitful and increase in number. I understand the sensitivity, friends, that Sharon and me have known numbers of great couples over the years, and sometimes, naturally speaking, that's not always been their joy. 
And sometimes it's been their pain. But the reality is, in the great order of things, God places in the earth to reproduce of ourselves, to multiply, to replenish the earth. And we thank God when that happens naturally in the body of Christ. And we hold high babies. In fact, we've not had one for a bit, so get moving somebody. But, but, um, but we hold a baby high in the church and we celebrate the fact that there's fresh fruitfulness into the body of Christ. And we bless the Lord for that. I want to say spiritually speaking, it's exactly the same. On the 16th of October 2012, Ramji Raghan, Indian, became a father for the second time, aged 96. And he'd become a father two years before at 94. No, his wife wasn't the same age, but we better move on from that. But the reality is I say all that because that's startling. You know, that is amazing. That is a miracle. But the fact of the matter is that the reproductive purposes of the body of Christ are way beyond 96 years, friends. They're from one generation to another through all the generations of the earth until the eternal purpose of God is fulfilled in the earth. And then the end will come. God's not committed, friends, to decline. He's committed to increase. God's not committed, friends, to barrenness. He's committed to fruitfulness. God's not committed to the drawbridge of reproduction being pulled up. He's committed to it being laid down and doing amazing things. Let me illustrate this as I close with one or two facts that have been well researched. But the reality is in AD 100, around about the time of those seven churches in Revelation, the, percent, the, the ratio of non-believers to believers in the earth was 360 non-believers to one believer. Today, it's nine believe, unbelievers to one. Nine unbelievers to one. There's well over 650 million believers in the earth today, friends, that love Jesus Christ with a passion. The reproductive side of the church is that every day 174,000 new believers commit themselves to Jesus Christ, just like that young man at Blidworth all those years ago that responded to the message and said, I want to know the Good Shepherd. And this week, friends, 3,500 new churches will be opened in the earth. In 1900, friends, there were no Protestant Christians in Korea. South Korea, as we now know it, you know the division. But today, in Seoul, the capital of South Korea alone, there are 7,000 churches. And 30% of the population of South Korea is born again. And I've spoken to people that have been to Korea, that have traveled on the commuter trains. Look all around you. They're not reading the daily paper. They've got their head in the Bible and receiving the word of God. I say all that, friends, because whatever people say, whatever you read on the internet, however people want to back the church, Jesus is building it. And he's building it in the earth today. And he's reproducing of himself in the earth again and again and again and again. Now, here's the passion of Arena Mansfield. We want to see it happen more where we live. We want to see God do something afresh. The heart cry of the church. Call it what you like. A move of God. A revival. An outpouring of his spirit. But whatever friends. God wants to do something. And let me tell you. There's a spirit emerging in our nation. That's prepared to swim upstream. Against the tides. And say you know what. We're going to believe for it. And I believe friends. That God's going to do something amazing. From the north to the south. And the east to the west. I believe that this nation. That has been amazing in the purpose of God. With its Christian heritage. He's going to see a move of God. Even this week, there could be things that discourage us. 
the debate in Parliament again about the definition of marriage. And so we could go on. So many things that could discourage us. Don't be discouraged. Have an eye of faith that sees what God is doing. Let your voice carry prophetically in these days. Have feet that advance into the purpose of God. Because I want to tell you, friends, we're on the winning side. And we will overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. This is not hype. This is not triumphalism. I really try and root it in the challenges of where we live. But I believe with all my heart on this Pentecost Sunday that God is stirring something afresh. And friends, the call tonight as we think about the church being the body of Christ is that we'd be a healthy body. A healthy body that's committed to fruitfulness and Christ-likeness because then it will grow. Amen. Guys, do you want to come up and, and, and 